Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Kraft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. Come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, are y'all ready? Hey, turn and love on somebody. Tell them they look good today. So glad, so honored to have you today at Elevate Life Church. Thank you for making this a part of your summer. And I can't wait because on July 8th, you already heard about it, but we start our new staycation series. And so you don't want to miss. You'll actually want to be here all four services or all four weekends uh, to get your boarding pass because then you go in and you qualify for a free vacation for a family of four. And so it's just going to be a fun time, so make sure you... You're, you, you, you make Elevate Life Church a part of your summer uh, staycation and vacation, even when you're on vacation. Thank you for watching. Also, from around the world, let's give them a big hand, those that watch on the web and on television. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you. So we're in our Favor of God series, and this is the last weekend of the series, but favor lasts for a lifetime. Come on, everybody. That's what the Bible says. God's favor is for a lifetime. And so... I want to teach you about this subject because it's one of the subjects that's, that's talked about a lot, but it's misunderstood. I believe for years, uh, I, I grew up in church, and so I know that there are many subjects that are broached, that are approached, that are preached, but there are other subjects like favor that w- people want to get, they want to understand, but oftentimes uh, there's not the revelation. And I think God has given us a revelation about favor and we're excited about that. And I wanna talk to you today about walking in the pathway of favor. Uh, One of the greatest compliments I've ever received was from a dear friend of Pastor Sheila and I's, uh, Denny and Deonza Duran are some of our closest friends and she just took me by the hands one day. She said, I just wanna tell you something. And I said, okay, and she said, Really, the way that you you preach the word, you deliver the word, she said, it gives me handles in my life. And she says, what that means for me is that it shows me which way to go and what I need to do and how I need to access things. And and again, it was just what these guys are holding up, by the way, are notes and pens if you'd like to take notes today. But it it, it meant so much to me because I don't just want to give you information. I want to give you from the word of God what I believe can bring about transformation in your life. And so I'm hoping to give you some handles today and really to teach you how to walk in the pathway of favor. And before I I get into that, I want to just share an email that I received this week. And I asked for her permission, Roshana, I asked for your permission to share this. And I'll ask for it again because I shared it last night. And uh, I announced that this was going to be a week of favor and that that, that we were going to have the favor of God in our lives. And and, and that, in, that June is an axis month. So, so if you can just picture that invisible axis on which the world turns. The Bible says weeping only lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Because the world is turning. As the world turns, the world is turning. And, uh, and I just believe and I announce in the name of Jesus prophetically that June, as we enter out of June, that things are turning in your favor in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you just receive that? And... There's places you can go and you won't ever be spoken over. So I'm prophesying that over you, and in Jesus' name, it's going to come to pass. So one of the things I announced last week in our Wednesday night service uh, was that this was, I really going to believe, a week of favor. And I got this email this week from uh, one of our 
uh, girls that went through our internship. She's such a great leader, and now she's a part of our staff. She said, good afternoon, Pastor. I just wanted to thank you for, the follow, for following the prompting of the Holy Spirit and prophesying that this week would be a favor week. I definitely received that. And it came through for me in a big way. In short, at the beginning of this week, I owed $3,800 for the Israel trip. Now, for those of you that don't know, we are going to Israel as a church uh, in October. And, man, if you can find out more information on that, call our church office. Uh, contact us because we want you to go with us. I think right now, Sheila, we've got, what, 61 people that are going with us. It's going to be the trip of a lifetime. And one of the primary reasons is because Pastor Sheila's uncle, who is the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God Worldwide, he, he holds a Juris Doctorate. That means he's a lawyer. And he also holds a Doctorate of Divinity. He's a PhD. He's very smart. I love to be around smart people because my job is to help people look smart. And so... So we are gonna, we're, we're going to tag team in Israel together. We're going to go to walk where Jesus walked, the pathway where Jesus walked, and it's going to be a great teaching. We're also going to have some cameras there. I'm going to do some filming as it relates to uh, actual messages that we're going to preach from Israel for the future. So it's going to be a great time. But anyway, she said, I owed $3,800 for the Israel trip. I had no idea uh, how I was going to be able to pay for it. By the due date, I've been praying about it, have had multiple other people praying about it as well. Turns out I had money owed to me from an accident with that money and a few generous people whom I didn't even ask. My entire trip has been paid off, praise the Lord. So praise the Lord. 3,800 bucks, Jesus. So by the way, can I just tell you something? One of the things about favor, and if you don't get anything out of this message today, get this. Are you ready? About three of you are ready. If you don't get anything out of this, Today, I want you to get this. Are you ready? The Bible says, Psalms 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's favor. Nobody knows what the desires are in your heart except you. Only you can know what the desires are in your heart. So the Bible says if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, in other words, if you'll favor in your life what God favors, if you'll make important to you what's important to God, the Bible says that he will give you the desires of your heart. I don't know what the desires of your heart are, but you and God know what those desires are. And the favor of God comes on you when you favor what he favors. Because God doesn't favor people. He favors people who favor his principles. So it's very important. So that's why everybody says favor ain't fair. No, favor is fair. Favor is fair. And the reason favor is fair is because if you favor what God favors, you get the favor of God on your life. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about fair. So, again, I just want to encourage you, and I, I want to I challenge you to delight yourself in the Lord. Thank you for being here today. It delights God that you chose to come to his house on a beautiful day like today. By the way, I was in, I was in uh, Phoenix this last week. I uh, spoke at a little conference there for a few minutes. And uh, our, some of our team was there. And... It was so hot. One day, it was 124 degrees, the third hottest day in the history of whatever they've been counting. And uh, my son sent me a picture from here that I guess he saw on the news of something that the, the road signs were melting. That's how hot it was. One day, they stopped the, the, the airplanes from landing in Phoenix a part of the day because it was so hot, the planes couldn't even fly. And if their tires had hit that, that tarmac, who knows, they would have, it was, it was absolutely crazy. And so I came back to Texas. It was 86 degrees. I stepped off the flight, went, oh my goodness. 
welcome home, Texas. All oh, the weather is so wonderful. So I prophesy in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all. Hey, let's believe it, that today, today, all day in the 80s. I mean, let's just go ahead and have another 80s day, all right? But I mean, how great is that? So now look at your weather uh, report and see if it's going to be 80 today. All right, so, but I'm just, I'm just speaking that in Jesus' name, all right? So, but here, here's what I want to say to you, that, that, that God wants you to walk in his favor. I said, God wants you to walk in his favor. I'm going to wake y'all up. Hey, by the way, I'm going to throw some favor balls at the end of this service, so I need y'all to be lively today. We're going to catch the favor. So let's, uh, let's take a look. How do you walk in the pathway of favor? I want to give you some handles today. And let's, let's build this foundation before I give you these things. Luke 2, 52, if Jesus, who's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last, the one son of, of God, if he needed to grow in things, we need to grow in things. And the Bible says in Luke 2, 52, that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in the favor of God with both God and man. It doesn't say he grew in blessing. It doesn't say he grew in this or that. He grew in the favor of God. So if Jesus needed to grow in the favor of God, we need to grow in the favor of God. Remember, one definition for favor. Let me give you two definitions for favor. Grace is the gateway for favor. So, so grace is unmerited favor. So grace means that, that we get more than we deserve. Come on, how many of you are glad we have a God that wants us to give us more than we deserve? How many of you parents have given your children more than they deserve? Well, thank you for being like God. Because that's what grace is. And by the way, as a parent, you have the power to give your kids more than they deserve. God is God. He has the power to give us more than we deserve. That's grace. The Bible says that Jesus came in grace and he came in truth. We're going to talk about that. But the Bible doesn't say that Jesus grew in blessing. It doesn't say he grew, in the, he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. So we need to understand favor. And another definition of favor, besides grace, the unmerited favor of God, is a divine assigned advantage for success. What if you lived your life in such a way that you knew you had a favor of God on you? You knew you had a divine assigned. You've been divinely assigned for success that every room you walked in, the light got brighter because you walked in the room. What if, what, if, what if you lived in such a favor that no matter how dysfunctional your family has ever been, we all come from some kind of dysfunction, no matter, no matter what the situation is in your job, no matter what the situation is in the economy, that you are a son and daughter of God in the earth that has the favor of God, you have his hand on your life, you are assigned to succeed, that no matter what failure seems to happen in your life, that God truly is going to use all things together for your good. He's going to work it together for your good because his hand is on your life for you to succeed. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're, in other words, that, that, we're, that we are not the, the result of what happens bad, that we're not victims, that we're not people who are living under some kind of curse because of the family that we were born into, but we carry a favor of God on our lives so that everywhere we walk, we do take dominion. Where there's darkness, there's light. Where there's weakness, there's strength. Where there's hopelessness, now there's hope. In other words, everywhere we go, things change because we carry a DNA in us that's not from the Kraft family, that's not based on my ethnicity, that's not based on my nationality, but it's based on the heritage and the inheritance that I have as a son of the living God to not only have what God says I can have, but be 
able in having what God says I can have that he bestows a favor on my life that I can give what God says I can give. You see, you can't give what you don't have. So God says I'm ready for my church to get a favor on them so the world can receive my favor. Come on, church. If you don't have it, you can't give it. I never forget one time I was at the airport and I had a lot of bags uh, with my strike force team and I looked at the guy that was the baggage guy and I said, hey brother, can you help can you can you help a brother out? And he says, if the brother has a dollar. <laughs> you see, the truth is, God wants you to do a favor. God, God wants to do a favor for you that some of you don't even need, know you need today. And that's he wants to put his favor on your life. I said he wants to put his favor on your life. And it has a whole lot more to do with him out of what he is that he has to give than it does out of what we've done and what we deserve. So let not mercy and truth, Proverbs 3 Three and four says, let not mercy and truth, everybody say mercy and truth, forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the table of your heart. This is how important it is, the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor with God and man. It's up to me to be merciful. It's up to me to walk in truth, which is interpreted faithfulness. And we're going to talk about that today. But this, 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 this thought of mercy and truth together is all the way through Scripture. You go to Psalms 85, verse 10. Let's take a look at it. Mercy and truth. Everybody say mercy and truth. Mercy. Have met together. Watch this. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Now, just keep that up there for a minute because you can read that and go, oh, that's such a sweet Scripture. Now, you see, when I choose to be merciful... When I choose to be faithful and that meets together, there is a righteousness that happens. What does righteous mean right there? It doesn't mean that I do everything right. It means that I gain the power of God to do things God's way. So now that mercy and truth have met together, I gain the power to do things God's way and peace. Oh, what's the peace right there? In the Hebrew, now this is in a Hebrew context. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but I'm not going to pronounce oh, that Hebrew word right there. But I am going to pronounce the Greek word for peace, which is the same in Greek as it is for Hebrew. The meaning is the same, and it's arene, and here's what it means. When mercy and truth meet together, which only you can make happen. I said only you can make happen. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind it around your neck. Write it on the table of your heart. So shall you find favor with God and man. Anybody want to find favor? Come on, you want to catch the favor. So, so watch this. Then here's what happens. Once they meet together, once you decide to live this way, then you gain this power to do your marriage God's way. You gain this power to do your business God's way. You gain, your, gain this power to do your finances God's way. You gain this power to do your life God's way. And peace and doing things God's way, kiss. What does that mean? Peace there is the word arene, which means total prosperity. Amen. When you have the favor of God, y'all listen to me you get total prosperity. I said total prosperity. You don't just have your needs met. You see, total prosperity is spirit, soul, and body. 
He meets your needs so you can meet the needs of other people. He blesses you so you can be a blessing. He gives you favor so you can bestow favor on other people. Come on, do you want that in your life today? So, so in the context of this, the Old Testament says mercy and truth, and then bam, Jesus, John 1, 17. Jesus comes in grace and truth, and let's read it. The Bible says that of his fullness, by the way, aren't you glad that Jesus is full of the right things? You ever been around people that are full of other things? They're full of hate. They're full of bitterness. They're full of anger. They're full of judgmentalism. They're full of negativity. And of their fullness, I will have nothing to do with their fullness. F-O-O-L-N-E-S. I, I, I will have nothing to do with their fullness because of what they are full of. But out of his fullness, we have received. Ever put an amen on that? Grace for grace. You see, the law was given. It's black and white. Here's the way it works. But grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. So I want you to get this picture. Is everybody with me? Everybody awake? So watch this. In the Old Testament, mercy and truth, mercy and truth, mercy and truth of, truth of kiss. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind it around your neck. Watch this. What is mercy? Mercy is being the kind of person that, first of all, from God does not receive what you deserve for the wrong that you've done. How many of y'all are glad that no, it could have been a whole lot worse for me, but I have not received what I've deserved because of the mercy of God? Come on, how many of you are with me on this, all right? Now, now, yes, it's true. Whatever you sow, you, you'll also reap. But, hey, the only thing that changes that, listen very carefully to what I'm saying because this is a drop of revelation from heaven. Whatever you sow is what you reap. Yeah, but the mercy of God. Whatever you sow is what you reap. But... When mercy and truth meet and you begin to do things God's way, total prosperity comes and overrides anything that would keep you in poverty of mind, of spirit, of lack in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in the Old Testament, you've got mercy and truth. But in the New Testament, Jesus said, hey, I'm, I'm, we're going to take it to another level. You see, mercy, you need mercy. But now that you've got mercy and you didn't get what you did deserve because of what you did, now I'm going to bring grace into your life and I'm going to give you more than you deserve. In other words, you could never do enough to deserve what I'm going to give you. Exceedingly abundantly above what all you could ask or think. That's what I'm going to do. So this is what he brings to us. So now, let's, let's talk about favor. Walking in this pathway of favor. I'm going to give you four things today. Here's the first one. We've got to choose to walk in grace. That's what Jesus brought. So from his fullness, we have received what? Grace for grace. Everybody say grace for grace. We've got to choose to walk in this grace that if I've been given more than I deserve by Jesus, then why don't I become a person that gives people more than they deserve? We already do that as parents. That's good practice. But we don't always walk around our kids and go, no, you don't deserve this, but I'm going to do this for you. You know, what, you, know, you, know, you know how we live? We don't even think that way. You know how we live? We want the best for our kids. No matter how stupid they are. 
Come on, y'all. You know why I say that? Because I was somebody's kid. I'm not saying that as a parent. All the what? I'm saying that because I was a kid. And I don't know about you, but I had a spirit of stupid on me at times. And yet, watch this now. My parents never played a manipulation game with me, so why should I play a manipulation game in my marriage? My parents never were trying to get an angle on me so I would do what they wanted me to do. They just had my best interest in mind. And we're all like that as parents. We're not wanting to hold our children back. We're not going to hold them down. No matter how stupid they are, we want the best for them. That's how God's attitude is towards you. So he says, now I want you to walk in that grace. Don't just do that with your kids, mom and dad. What you practice with your kids is practice for how you do all your relationships. What you practice in your marriage. Rod, I'm glad you're a good husband, and I'm glad, you know, uh, Shane, you're a good wife, but that's not good enough. You learn how to be to other people how you're with each other. You learn to love deeper because of her, and you learn to love deeper because of him, and you learn to forgive and to apologize, and you learn to try to love each other the way each other needs to be loved. Why? For y'all. So we have this great little marriage. So that's what I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I've grown up in this. Oh, here's our little marriage, and our marriage is better. We're just like, you know, and our little family. God says, it ain't about that. Every good thing that you've received and every lesson that you've practiced and every battle that you've won and every test that you've passed is for other people. Not so you can say, look at our marriage. Look at our kids. Look at our, no, most of us don't want to say that anyway. But God says, every good thing that you've got is an act of grace. In fact, everything that's good in your life is because of the grace of God. In case you didn't notice, God raised the sun today for you. In case you didn't know every tree that you passed, whether you saw it or not, God did that for you. In case you didn't notice, this breath and this atmosphere that we live in is just for you. Everything in your life that is good is an act of the grace of God. And God says, I want you to live like that. And do everything that you do for the good of others. Walk in grace. Don't do it for the good of you. Walk in this grace. God wants us to have a spirit of grace. A spirit of grace. The Bible says in Galatians 5, to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now listen, when I hear the word lust, that's how I hear it. Lust. Because lust is sexual immediately. That's what I think. Lust. I've never looked at Sheila and said, I lust you. But I have lusted her a lot. I have lusted her a lot. And I'm going to stop because then I'll start lusting in front of all y'all. But here's the thing what is lust? It's a desire, it's a want. Delight yourself, make your wants what God wants, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. So it's not just about sex. It's about anything that you want that you make more important than God. And the pride of life. All of these things are not of God, but they're of the world. And the world passes away and all the lust and all the things that we want, 
but he or she who does the will of God will abide forever. That's what the Bible says. So God wants us to understand something. We can walk according to the spirit, the spirit of grace. Everything I have is from God. I'm grateful today. By the way, you can't be grateful and negative at the same time. You can't be grateful and judgmental at the same time. So I'm going to walk in this spirit of grace. The Bible says, let your speech be seasoned with grace. Speak graciously. Speak gracefully. In fact, don't be a racist. Be a gracist. Oh, go ahead and tweet it. Yeah, go ahead and Instagram it. Let's get some good stuff out there. I'm a gracist. I admit it. I'm a gracist. I want the best for you. I'm a gracist. I want the best for you. I'm a gracist. I I want the best for you. See, you know what racism is born out of? Not black and white. How stupid is that? Oh, you're a different color. I'm a racist. If I go out in the sun, I'll be darker than most of y'all. Racist is born out of a spirit, watch this, not of grace, but a spirit of selfishness that I'm better than you. That's what it is. So it's not about just the color of your skin. It's about a position of your heart. It's the spirit of who you are. You see, the reason if you're married, you're sitting next to that person It's not because of their personality. It's not because they're prettier than anybody else in the world, although you've said that. (laughs) But you're sitting there because you were drawn to them because of their spirit. And somewhere along the way, and this, 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 this is what we don't realize, the devil's goal is to contaminate your spirit so that who you are becomes repulsive to those that love you the most. It's not like, oh, I don't like you anymore. I fell out of love with you. No, the truth is our spirits stop being in sync because we get contaminated. And what used to taste good not only doesn't taste good anymore, but it doesn't look good anymore, and I don't want it ever again. Why? Because somewhere along the way, we got contaminated because we made bad decisions and we got dysfunctional, and the devil goes, that's what I'm doing here. Sour. And God comes along and says, just one touch from the master's hand, just one word, he has full command, have faith in what he wants to do is all he asks of you. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the touch of Jesus. One touch from the master's hand will make you fully whole. Just one touch. Come on, lift up your hands. From the master's hand, just... One word, he has full command, have faith in what he wants to do is all he asks of you. Now God's doing something right here. 
There's healing in the name of Jesus. Let him heal you today. Healing in the touch of Jesus. One touch from the master's hands will make you fully whole. Come on, just receive that right now. That's the spirit of God. That's the spirit of grace. He's here. Come on. He's just for a second. He's here. God, do in this moment what only you can do. Heal broken hearts. Forgive sin. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Let's be gracist. Let's walk in grace. Let's believe the best when the worst has been displayed. Let's receive out of the fullness of who he is grace for grace for grace for grace. Take a look at your notes. Grace is a more spirit. That's what it is. It's when we walk in this grace, this spirit of grace, it's a more spirit. It's God giving us more than we deserve. We've been saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift from God. Let's thank him. God, thank you for your grace in our life. Thank you for your grace. For we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Can I tell you, before you were even born, God said, I've created you and I put a destiny on your life to bring good into the earth. In other words, God's goal is for you to realize that you have been favored with so much good that all that's going to come from the fullness of that good is good for other people. That you're going to bring good wherever you go because you're going to bring God wherever you go. Oh, I'm a better preacher than I was 10 years ago. That's why I have to preach favor over and over again because it's an unfolding revelation. The next thing is that grace is a powerful spirit of God to do things God's way. It's not by might, it's not my, by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. When I was growing up, um, I've shared this many times, but Abraham Lincoln was one of my boyhood heroes. and um, I had the privilege in seventh grade, and I'll never forget it. I mean, it's a goofy thing, but I, I got to play Abraham Lincoln in a play. I can remember it like yesterday because I was so honored that I got to play Abraham Lincoln. And I thought in my mind in seventh grade, if I could just be at least six foot four someday. I had no reason to think like that. My dad was five nine. And I just thought if I could be six four someday, maybe God could use me like he did Abraham Lincoln. I so respected a man and I, and I read every biography that I could, Carl Sandburg. I read everything that I could about our 16th president. 
And of course, when our nation was more divided than it ever had been in the midst of civil war, it took a, a big man, not just on the outside, but on the inside to say that slavery is not right. Many of you remember the story I've shared many times about Abraham Lincoln went to a slave auction and they were auctioning on a girl, a beautiful girl. And as the auctioneer began to name the price, Abraham Lincoln kept raising his hand. Finally, he paid the highest price. And he went up to the girl and he said, I want you to know you're free. And she said, free, what does that mean? He said, you're free to do what you wanna do. You're free to say what you wanna say. You're free to go where you wanna go. She said, I'm free to do what I wanna do. He said, yeah, he said, I'm free to say what I wanna say. He said, yeah, I'm free to go where I wanna go. He said, yeah, she said, then I think I'll go with you. You see, that's how Jesus wants us to be. I'm gonna go with you. Come on, I'm, I'm, you're, God, you're a good God. I'm, I'm gonna go with you. Why, why would I resist? Why, why would I say, why, if you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why would you not open your heart to say, I want what you want for me, God. Why, why, why would you not do that? Because you don't want to live for the one who died for you. You don't want to receive the goodness and the, out of the fullness of who he is, the grace that he has for you. Why would you resist? And that's, that's what's so crazy about the world that we live in. Nothing wrong with being at the lake, but today it's time to be in God's house. Nothing wrong with taking a vacation, but hey, don't take a vacation away from God. In other words, live for the one who died for you because there's nobody like him that loves you and wants the best for you and wants to pour his spirit and blessing out on your life. Grace, grace. One of my favorite stories about Abraham Lincoln was there was an old man whose son had been convicted of gross crimes in the army and he was sentenced to be shot. The old man went to Abraham Lincoln and he pled for his son's life. Unbeknownst to this old man, President Lincoln had received a telegram and it read like this, Mr. President, I beg you not to interfere with the court marshals of this army. You will destroy all the discipline in the army. You see, the people that were closest to Abraham Lincoln knew that if somebody came before him and asked for mercy, he was the kind of guy that he would just err on the side of mercy. He had just received this telegram, and here this old man is begging for his son's life. Lincoln handed the old man the telegram and said, I just received this. And as the shadow of disappointment and sorrow came over the man's face as he read the message, Abraham Lincoln grabbed the telegram from him. He said, okay, here it goes. Abraham Lincoln, here it goes. This is the exact word. Here it goes. He then began writing on a piece of paper. He handed it to the father, and the man read the order as follows. Job Smith is not to be shot until further orders from me. Signed, Abraham Lincoln. The father looked up so disappointed, and he said, why? Why would you say this? I thought you may give my son a pardon and you could actually order him to be shot next week. You just gotta know, I've studied Abraham Lincoln. This, I could see him doing this. Here's, <laughs> putting his arm around the old man and saying, my old friend, evidently you do not understand my character. If your son is never shot until an order comes from me, he will live to be as old as Methuselah. Grace, 
Let's walk in grace. Let's walk in the next thing is mercy. God wants us to have an attitude of compassion towards other people. Jesus, the Bible says in Matthew 9, he went all around cities and villages and he was teaching in their synagogues. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing every sickness and every disease. Come on, how many of you believe Jesus can heal every sickness and every disease? I speak healing in this place today in the name of Jesus. But watch this. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers. You see, so oftentimes we're focused on what our needs are. Listen very carefully. And we're hoping that God will be moved with compassion towards us that we don't realize. No, wait, wait just a minute. I can walk in a mercy. I can walk in a mercy where my life stops and I can be somebody that actually has the power to not give somebody what they do deserve, but then step over into grace and give them more than they deserve. Wow, I have that power because grace is so powerful. Grace is a spirit that empowers me to be merciful. And as I bind mercy and truth around my neck, I obtain favor with both God and man as I write it on the tablets of my heart so that I don't forget that I have the power to be merciful. By the way, blessed are the merciful. Finish it if you know it. For they shall receive mercy. Have you ever been in need of mercy? If you can't raise your hand on that one, don't worry. You will. Jesus one day was walking by two blind men. And the Bible says in Matthew 20 that they shouted out, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. And the Bible says Jesus stopped in his tracks and he walks over to them. Next verse. And he says, gets right in front of the blind man's face. And he says, what would you like for me to do for you? He turns to his blind friend and says, are you sure this is the right guy? Like he's asking us what he wants to do for us. I'm blind. Hello. Isn't it interesting? Here, here's what my need is. Jesus, what is your need today? Jesus, I need you to fix it. I need you to fix this. I need you to fix this. I need you to fix this lawsuit. I need you to fix this IRS. I need you to fix this. God, I need you to fix this. I need you. And yet he stops and the problem is obvious, but Jesus asked a more powerful question than the problem. What's the more powerful question? What would you like for me to do for you? Rather than going, duh. We'd like you to heal our eyes. Now you don't see this interpreted in the New King James, but Jesus could say something like this. Listen, that is... How does it go, Josh? Easy, squeezy, lemon peasy. Your, your blindness thing is like. What do you want? I'm going to tell you, Jesus is asking you a question today. Y'all listen very carefully. What do you want him to do for you? Well, can you think of one or two things? If, if, if like God would just do this for you, it would like help you help God. That's how I pray. Really, for real. I go, God, you know. I'm a giver, and I really believe all the way that if you'll get it, you, if you can get it through me, you'll get it to me. So God, help me help you get it to me so you can get it through me 
God, like, 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 help me so I can help you out. Has anybody else ever thought like that? Like, if you'll help me, God, I'll help you out. Like, why wouldn't you do it for me? No, what do you want me to do? Because the thing you want me to do, and this is a word of God for somebody in here, that's the easy part. So it's done. I'm announcing in the name of Jesus, it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Can you say it out loud? Say it's done. Come on. But watch this. Immediately their eyes were open and they didn't go, I can see this is so awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I can see. I told Sheila this morning, for two years, I had so much sinus problems that there would be months at a time I couldn't smell. This morning, as I was drying off, I put the towel to my nose and I went, mm, the towel. Mm, God. I told Sheila, Pastor Precious, I said, I've never valued smell so much. When you lose your smell for about two years and then you can smell again, you walk around like this. Now, the problem is you have to smell the bad stuff with the good stuff. I, I, you know, and that's people's problem, by the way. Hey, heal me, but I don't want to have to deal with the bad stuff. Oh, you wanted to smell again. I didn't want to smell that. Oh, that comes with it. So guys, right now, I'm going to heal your eyes. But what are you going to do? I want you to read the last thing. Three words. They followed him. Why does he want to heal you? Why does he want to give you favor? So you'll follow him like you've never followed him before. Come on, church. So you will follow him like you have never. It's not about, oh, heal my cancer. Fix my finances. Oh, God, if you just do this. No, he's saying, you know what? Right now, what is it that you want? God, I'll tell you, here's the right answer. The right answer is, I only want what you want. That's what I wanted to hear, Keith Craft. You want what I want for you. So guess what? You're never going to want for anything because you've aligned your want with my want for you. And now miracles will characterize your life. Not miracles that you get, but miracles that you give because you have the favor of God on your life. Come on. I'm talking to a church full of miracle workers. I announce in the name of Jesus that people that are in Elevate Life Church will not need miracles, but this will be a place full of miracle workers, people who have the favor of God on their lives. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.